0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: Hey, this is Rory B. from the Dallas Mavericks, and you listen to our sports radio. Two guys talking sports from a fan's perspective. I just that, like I just like what Carolina's putting together. You, I mean, their quarterback is better
0: than Chad Henne. So Cam Newton's better than Chad Henne. So would you say at the end of the season that you're willing to say Carolina is going to have a better record than uh, than uh, the Dolphins? I think so. I think okay. that, I think Carolina will have a better record than the Dolphins. because the Dolphins have a tougher division in the AFC East. So are we taping this. Okay. So yeah, end of the season. I want to I want to go back to that one because I am not buying Cam Newton is good, but uh, Cam Newton is good. But I'm I'm just I'm not buying him as a quarterback as far as leading them to the pro- the. Pro- Promised land or a winning season. I'm not buying
1: it. It's Rocket Voice Fisher. This is the RF Sports Show. Coming at you twice a week. Only on Deep End Media, Cutting Edge Entertainment. Welcome, everyone, to a brand new RF Sports Radio Show. It is Thursday. Coming to you for the second time this week at the broadcast this past Tuesday. And what a week it has been. We've got a lot of stuff to get to. If you guys are listening to us live, make sure you give us a call. Give us your opinions. Give us a call at 323-927-2906. And for the next hour, myself, RF, and my co-host, Royce Frisch, is going to take you through the entire sports world, everything that's going on, Everything you want to know about, we've got Penn State on tap, of course. We'll get into some details about that. Some stuff I find out, found out about the Penn State scandal, I don't think the world is aware of. Also, the NBA, there is a new deal on the table that may get ratified as soon as tomorrow. They can have basketball here before Christmas. We'll talk about that, and we also get into our midseason NFL awards and also the key matchups coming up for this upcoming week 10. So without further ado, let me bring on the star of our show, my co-host, or should I say my host, Mr. Royce Fisher. Royce, how are you, sir? and right, thanks a lot for the introduction. How you doing today? I'm doing pretty good. It, it's Thursday, there's football on, there's college, NFL, and, again, there's a lot to talk about, which makes a great show. So I'm, I'm pretty good today. Just make sure you don't get stuck like Rick Perry. Uh, <laughs> so whatever we gonna talk about, remember keep it in the back of your mind. Write it down. That way you won't get stuck, and maybe we won't have a Rick Perry moment. But I'm doing yeah, no great, time, man. Right. I'm ex- I'm excited about these high school playoffs that's coming up. You know, we start tomorrow night with the solo, which will be live on our station tomorrow. For those of you listeners, start, uh, start at six forty-five and. You know, I'm kind of excited to do that tomorrow. Yeah, it's going to be good. All you got to do is go to our website, rfsportsradio.com. You don't have to be living in Texas to enjoy some good high school football. And this team that we covered, the DeSoto Eagles, is 9-1. One One loss from the season coming last week, and now they start their marches of the playoffs. And if you haven't heard Texas high school football before, make sure you tune in for that coming up uh, tomorrow. Live right here on our website rfsportsradio.com. dot com. Let's get into some late breaking stories with a segment on our show that we call the latest, which gives you everything, gets you up to date right up to the very minute. And we've got a lot of stuff to cover in the latest. And today, the latest is sponsored by pt dot com. That's pt dot com. E X E C U T E P T dot com. It's your personal training website. That way you guys can stay in shape during the holiday season. Big turkey day coming up, Royce. People are going to be eating a lot, and people make New Year's resolutions all the time. So why not get started early? Log on to ExecutePT.com and find out how you can stay in shape during the holiday season, which is, of course, pretty important. Yeah, you got to get rid of that uh, feasting, you know what I mean? Everybody kind of go overboard to Thanksgiving, right. <laughs> but I understand so. You know, it's one time a year you can get away with it. Absolutely. Let's jump straight into it. A big story that's breaking right now, which you can find on our website, rfsportsradio.com, and that's Wilson Ramos of the Washington Nationals. He is a catcher for the Washington Nationals, a young kid, rookie season, 24 years old, was kidnapped in Venezuela. And this is something that happens usually Every off season in the Latin American countries, we hear about kidnappings all the time, and usually it's a family member. They've had some horrific incidents in the past. Henry Blanco, a Venezuelan-born player, had his brother was actually murdered when he was kidnapped, and even uh, uh, Tori Alba, the player for the Rangers, son was kidnapped a couple of years ago. Where he ended up paying a ransom, getting his son back in Venezuela as well, and now. For the first time, a player has been kidnapped. And the details of the story from what I'm hearing, Roy, he was at his mother and father's house in Venezuela along with his brother and his agent, and men pulled up in an orange SUV, came out, took him in a hand, uh, headlock with a Glock 40 to his head, took him in the car, and they haven't heard from him or seen him since. The car has turned up today, but he has been kidnapped, and no word from the kidnappers as of yet. This could be a pretty big story because we haven't had an actual player before kidnapped in their country. In their country, I didn't know last year, Royce, they averaged three kidnappings per day last year. You know, Rodney, that is that is really big in the South American countries. You know, and I understand they found a the vehicle, but no worry yet, man. That's, you know, the longer it go the more serious it is. I'm pretty sure a ransom's coming later. But, uh, you know, like I said, it happened in 2009 with Victor Lambuzo. Mm-hmm. you know, but they released him. His mother was kidnapped. They released him at right. the commander-style operation, get her loose. But a couple of days earlier, they killed a, uh, a cousin. But, man, this is this is bad news. I mean, these guys, it's bad they can't go home, you know, to visit. But most of these players are from, you know, humble families. And, they, you know, yeah. some of their family relatives, Still stay there, man. But that's it's really a a, a a bad incident, man. You know, like I said, it's it's pretty bad in that part of the country anyway, and Mexico too. You know, so maybe yeah, these guys I'm, need to go travel with a bodyguard or something. You know what I mean? If they're gonna go home. So, but this is this is really a shocking. Yeah, and 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 we our friends go out to his family number one, and hopefully they make some contact with him. Pretty soon, a very serious situation. Now, the Secretary of Interior, uh, Hugo Chavez's right hand man, is actually heading the investigation because this is turning into such an international incident. So, they are putting a lot of resources into trying to find him. Hopefully, they hear word from him sooner rather than later because they figure that these individuals that kidnapped him were not the smartest of guys. This guy's a rookie, only had one season in, in, in uh, Major League Baseball doesn't have a lot of money, so apparently they didn't do a lot of research on this guy. So we're hoping that they know what they're doing and they will return him to safety as quickly as possible. Late-breaking story, Royce, is the NBA and negotiations going on with them carried on past the deadline that was set for yesterday. We talked about it on our show last Tuesday. Hopefully when we came back, we have a deal done, although they rejected the original offer. Well, David Stern comes out, moments ago, just a few minutes ago, and says that we have a brand new deal on the table. They've actually went ahead and made some of the concessions that the union wanted to make. The new deal is out there. They they hopefully get it passed tomorrow morning. And this new deal will start the NBA season on December 15th, and it will be a 72-game season. Now, Royce, are you optimistic? Wow. Is this going to get done? What's We're your right hearing that news? I, I believe it when it's done. I, I'm tired of hearing this and that coming out of there. I want to sign there next time I hear. And the goals to 72 games, my, man, that's going to really change the NBA. There's going to be a lot of teams that aren't ready. The teams that are good teams are not going to be as good as they were last year. You know, and uh, I, I'm not surprised because my understanding was Paul Pierce and two other players were getting ready to sign a petition you know, uh, to yeah. certify the union. So I, I believe it when I see it. I hope the deal is done. You know, they had already gave Fisher permission to accept it 50-50, you know, but I don't think they're going to – I don't think that's no longer on the table. So uh, I'm just, I'm interested to in see what happens. I, I believe it when I see it. Yeah, yeah, I'm I with you on that. And, and in, in, other, in other news real quick while we – Get our studio in order here. Another quick news real fast. Phil Mickelson, uh, everybody knows lefty, as they like to call him in the golfing world. He was elected to the Golf Hall of Fame by uh, several votes from his peers. And Phil, you know, has had a pretty decent career. Now, him and Tiger have been tied together for a lot of his career, but he is elected to the Golf Hall of Fame. So I guess congratulations for Phil Mickelson being elected to the Golf Hall of Fame. Well you know, my understanding was you're eligible after you turn forty. So right, <laughs> I guess he was. And you know, he's done <laughs> a lot for the sport. He's a big name in the sport of golf, you know, but I you know he only won four majors right now. Yeah. You know, that's yeah. the thing, you know, he won but just you know, you four win, majors win, but he has win, won won one major that's pretty big. You yeah, won one major yeah. that's pretty big. Yeah, he did. And uh but he's won thirty nine events. PGA tournament, so that's really not bad, and I'm not surprised if, if if you just have to be over 40 to be eligible, I can see him going in. You know, there were some other nominate, nominees eligible too. Fred Couples, Davis Love the third, and Mark Amir. Now, I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure those guys are good players too, you know, especially right. David, Fred Couples. You know, he, I'm a big Fred Couples fan, and but I'm not surprised Phil went in, you know. Like I say, he has a Done a lot for the sport, and uh, he's mm-hmm. a good. You know, he's fun to watch on TV playing. Yeah, no he'll doubt takes he some he, he takes some. Good, he and, takes some. He some risks out on the golf course. And speaking of, of course, uh, golf, we we have to mention that our buddy uh, Tiger Woods, although he doesn't want to necessarily yeah. play that planet, he is black, he but Tiger Woods is ahead in the Australia Open. He leads by one shot. He's nine under down under, yeah. and leading by one shot in Australia Australian Open, so he has a great chance. And this is what they want. This is the tournament they want him to play before they get into the actual cup. And uh, he's doing a pretty good job so far. Other yeah, what a, great, uh, Alex, what a great t- wait, let me say this. what a great tune-up for the President's Cup. You know, that's coming up next. But, uh, that, yeah, that's they, good. For I'm, glad to see, to that. yeah. I'm glad to see Tiger back on this game. I hope he does come out addicted. Maybe this is Turn around, he needed. Yeah, and then other quick news: Albert Haynes did get picked up by the Bucks off of waivers. He's a Tampa Bay Buck. And give you guys a quick update on Thursday night football action. Looks like the Raiders and Carson Palmer would get their first win, twenty-four to seventeen over the Chargers with thirty-two seconds left to go. Uh-huh. And a lot of t- reaction on Twitter right now for Vincent Jackson quitting on a wrap which I haven't been able to see, but we will see the tape of that. He may have cost his team the game in that one. But the Raiders, they get their first win under their new quarterback, Carson Palmer, so congratulations to them. And let's jump into our top story, our first topic tonight, one that we can't seem to escape from, Royce, (laughs) and that is the Penn State story. Uh, we talked about it on Tuesday in depth. We talked about you know, what we thought was going to happen. We knew that Paterno was not going to make it past Wednesday, and yesterday they made the decision to go ahead and fire Joe Paterno after being there 60-plus years as part of the football program at Penn State. We saw the students go out in mass yesterday all over campus in front of his house protesting, trying to, you know, some on both sides of the fence. I can't say it was one side or either way. Some wanting Joe Paul to stay. Some wanting him to go ahead and be fired. I thought it was a great decision and a timely decision. But my question is, I don't understand. You fired Joe Paul and that you leave Mike McCreary still there. Mike McCreary the assistant coach. He's the guy that actually saw Sandusky in the shower with a 10-year-old, they describe him as a 10-year-old, in the shower making these sexual acts and things of that nature, and yet he is still there. But the word did come out later today that he is not going to coach in this Saturday's game. But shouldn't he be fired as well? Well, you know, Rodney, I've pondered this all day today. Let me tell you this first of all. I was really embarrassed and ashamed see those kids out rioting and protesting something that's so delicate of a situation. You know, uh, the the, the victims were watching this, man. You got to imagine how they feel. You know what I mean? And these guys out cheering for the coach paternal, I know, my understanding was he had a limited role in this. But nevertheless, the fact he still knew. And anybody that knew for them not to, they, they didn't confront him. That's the bad thing about it. Nobody, you know, say, for instance, if you call a friend of yours doing that, you know, the first thing, you may be shocked. You know, your reaction is, I can't believe what I saw. And you may be a little stunned, but I can understand it. But at some point, you have to go to that person and address him, you know, and say, man, what's going on? What are you doing? All they did was just really told him, don't bring any more kids on our campus anymore. But, you know, college is bigger than sports and that's the thing that yeah. we're getting away from. It's not just sports. You're supposed to be there to get education. Sports is just part of it, you know. But to see these kids out riding, man, I, I was embarrassed twice. Embarrassed first because yeah. it happened, and, mm-hmm. uh, and they let it happen, and embarrassed again because people are messed up because Paterno got fired, and he was part of it too. Anybody that knew, right. I consider part of it. And for them yeah. not to confront this guy about this, you know, that, that's really, really bad. I don't think you would do it, and I wouldn't do it. Yeah. And that's it's the whole point I'm trying to make is this guy actually saw – he's the only one that saw with his own two eyes what happened. And yet right. they have yet to even fire him or even mention his name. I mean, they, they, they say he won't coach on Saturday. We'll fire the guy. what I don't understand why you don't just fire this guy. But he did – I, I, okay, he did do his part. He did go to somebody higher up, which is what you do. Say if you're if you in the workplace and something like that happened, and you really don't want to confront him, you're, you're nobody, really. You know, but, but, you go but, to but, your but, boss, we'll that. and that's what they you on understand. a job. You go to your immediate supervisor, which was Joe right. turnover, the immediate supervisor. So right. he did that, and and, and and what the thing was he should have – Double checked it, you know what I mean. He should have went back to see what was done about it or what was being done about it. He didn't do that, but I, you know, like I said, I'm pretty sure he was shocked and in awe of what he saw. He had to be. But I, I'm anybody that knew, I, I'm holding blame for. You know, it, it really. is. Put, my well, understanding well, was. Let's that, look at it. Go ahead. Go ahead. let's look at it this way. I think you, I think you're right. I mean, it, it, we're all talking the workplace. If you see something like that. You see something wrong, you tell your superior, and it goes from there. Right. Right. But we're not right. talking about someone taking the stapler off of somebody desk. He, he left that boy there with Sandusky. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He left that boy right there with Sandusky. He didn't call the police. He went home and called his dad. He left that child there with the pedophile. And, that, and that's the problem that I have. You know, well, you cannot you know, that's, that's true. And, you know, you have to look at the kind of... Uh, the state of the way the country is now, you know, you, everything is so pr- promiscuous. You know what I mean? Yeah. He, he could have it yeah. with the Mutual Sex Act. You know, uh, you know the boy could have been not. willing. You know, the other boy couldn't yeah. be willing. It wasn't like the boy was resisting or uh, asking for help. You know, so that in that sense, I can see because you know, almost anything goes nowadays. I'm not saying child molesting is right, but you know, the, the way the sexual sexual thinking is is like that nowadays, you know. But yeah. nevertheless, it was a child, and I can agree with you on that. It was a child. Now, I'm I, my, I'm I'm willing to see Department of Education is into this now, and the NCAA, I'm pretty sure, is going to get in that. But what else is going to come out? I think they should scrap everybody that's in there and start all over yeah.
0: again.
1: Well, let's yeah. talk about what else is going to come out. Let me bring on uh, another contributor to the program. Let me bring Chris Fisher on. Oh, Chris, we got you live. Yes, sir, we're here. All right, good. Hey, and I want to bring Chris on. <laughs> What's up? <laughs> I'm gonna, I want to bring Chris on real quick, and I want to talk a little bit about an article that I wrote, and I put it on com. I got a lot of people send me back messages from Twitter thought it was a great article. I got a lot of people send me back messages and thought it was inappropriate. And what I basically said in the article that I wrote, it was real, real short, real brief. I feel like Penn State, <sighs> should forfeit the rest of that season. They should not play this game on Saturday. They shouldn't continue to play the rest of the season in the postseason. And the reason why I said that was because during their press conference when they did fire Joe Paterno and fire the president, uh, Grant Spanier, Spanier, they basically said that they feel like they have to morally do what's right for the university. They actually said, and I quote, that the university is bigger than any athletic team. They said that morally we stand on our morals, we have to do this, moral this, moral that. Well, if you morally want to make something right, you put the football program above this sexual predator for 10 years, for a decade. You let this man use your campus to be the devil's playground for a decade. You put football ahead of the safety of a child. So if you want to send a moral message, if you want to send a moral message to the world, to the players, to anybody involved, you do not play football when all this is going on. You do not continue but, to play football. Well, I can't right agree with you there well because you, I mean the kids playing ain't got nothing to do with that. Yeah, that's right. You can't put the, the, the kids. kids' career. Right. You can't put the college kids' career who worked all their life to get there and to play for Penn State, regardless of kind of whatever happened. Before, right. Sir. I mean, you, you can't. If you had a nephew or somebody or, or a cousin playing for Penn State, you probably wouldn't say that. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Chris. You can't blame yeah, you the players for you something the kids, that some the grown adults did. did. Right. Right, grown adults did that the kids had nothing to do with, probably had no knowledge of, and they didn't do anything. I say you fire anybody that knew or was involved in that the kids had nothing to do with that. They had they they had went there on a the scholarship and tried to get in the NBA, NFL. They done what they were supposed to do. And so you should punish you, them for what the adults did. Right. And then you look at I mean, I, I just say if you really wanna send like a moral message there's a different way you can do that which is you know, maybe some side of uh some sort of like restitution with the family, you know, maybe some they give over some money or Right. Uh, free education maybe for the child. Or right, or the, right. That practice, you know, free education. Or maybe um, even, uh, let's say, um, they could even do something like just kind of everybody that's involved, just fire everybody that's involved and keep moving. I mean, you know, uh, it, you know, I mean, that's that's what I think. There's different ways you can do that, but I, I don't think they should forfeit over their season right. or anything. I mean, they're right. already going right. through enough as it is, man. They got to sit and just watch everybody play the rest of their season. They call right. their career and, and they hope of going to go into the NFL and just, you know, shop because, you know, they feel like they should more or less stop playing. Right. I agree. Well, well I, agree. I, I mean, I, I thought about that. I thought about that, but I honestly feel like these kids that are, that are scheduled to play this game, supposed to play the rest of the season, I understand it may not be further than, but but you know what? They get over it. I think I think what the school did was unfair. I, unfair. I think it was the yeah, school the, did was unfair. I mean, they put their football program ahead of these kids that they, that they, they have been molested up there for ten years. What what? Runners, Johnny, what you school did, done, the, the school the, the school, didn't school didn't do that, that. Ahead of a lot. The school what didn't school did do that. Shouldn't know, people do that ahead of a lot of stuff? Certain people, didn't him, the me, Certain people did on, that one, one at a time. Let's, let's go one at a time. Royce, okay. go ahead. Okay, the school didn't do it. Certain people did that, you know, because Joe Paterno is such a legend. He's such, you know, he's bigger than football in that town. You know, he is. So I say him and his staff should, everybody that knew, should be punished. But you can't punish the school because... Some people are there just for education. Everybody's not there for football. So you're punishing the school. Now, a lawsuit is is coming. I know the school should pay because they let it go on without anything else done. And everybody that is involved should be sued, you know, a a prosecutor or whatever. But you can't blame uh, everybody for several, several people's actions. Well, I understand that, but it, I, I, again, like I say, I just think that more should be done. I, maybe that's the point I'm trying to make. More should be done. Something drastic should be done because I think, like you said, a lot's coming down the pipeline. And, and this is what the the latest to come out of this was: there was a gentleman that actually worked for a newspaper right there in State College, PA, wrote an article about all of this in 2008 when the investigation first started. Right. With these allegations, they really pretty much overlooked what he wrote in the paper, just like the school overlooked what was happening on their campus since 98. And he was on a Boston radio station this morning, and they asked him exactly, what well, do you think is going to be the next Shooter drop. drop? He's saying that there was some type of cover-up done in 98 when he was first made these allegations of showering with an 11-year-old boy, and that's going to come out. The other thing is there are – there's an investigation that's being launched by organizations at the federal level as well as yeah, the the worthy news of, and and also some worthy news organizations into the Second Mile organization. And the reason why right. they want to investigate Second Mile is because they think there's a rumor going around that Second Mile was an organization set up who had an undertone of actually giving high level donors access to young boys. Well, you know, Ryan, I think it goes back further than that because Second Mile was founded in 1977. So I'm pretty sure it goes back further than that. And I'm pretty sure there's a lot of people that's not going to even say anything because they're embarrassed. So I'm pretty sure before it's all over with, this thing is going to blow wide open, and I think it's going to go real deep. And and one thing that you have to keep in mind, I know people think that's far-fetched, but it's really not – Pedophiles, no other pedophiles. You you see it all the time. You see these oh, yeah. trading of, trading of pictures online between pedophiles. You see, uh, and it's not too far fetched for it to happen that there are organizations that have some type of uh, under undertone, some type of dealing in this area, and, and the investigations being launched right now into the organization. They think that they have been actually pimping out young boys to rich people, to high level donors. But my understanding is he also, uh, Texas is pursuing this, too, because my understanding is he brought a kid with him to a bowl game, I think it was Laredo or somewhere in Texas, and actually had a young boy accompany him on the trip. So, you know, did he take one every time they went out of town or went to a bowl game? I don't know. I think this is the tip of the iceberg, but I think before it's all over, it's going to be blown wide open, especially with Kids being kidnapped nowadays, and you know we have to yeah. protect the kids because they can't protect Absolutely. themselves. So this is Absolutely. terrible. I, I really embar- and I'm also embarrassed more because these kids were out rioting and tearing up stuff in favor of Joe Paterno, which he had a hand in this too, and and, and yeah. that for me was was the wrong thing to do. Should have been caught in the and, hey, Chris, you may not be aware of this, you know, this this restored late-breaking story about Second Mile, but let me – I put this on the website, too, rfsportsradio.com. Let me read you some of the board of directors for Second Mile. You can kind of see how far this thing stretches. James E. Ford, retired vice president of the Kmart. Jack Hamm, retired NFL player, Pittsburgh Steeler, Hall of Famer. Franco Harris, Pittsburgh Steeler, Hall of Famer. These are all people on the board of directors of Second Mile. You've got Matt Millen, the ESPN football analyst. You saw his emotional reaction. Arnold Palmer is a part of this. Andy Reid, Dick Vermeer, Mark Wahlberg, the actor and field producer. Quentin Wood, Richard Zimmerman, I mean, the list goes on of these high-profile people from that area that were a part of this second-mile organization. Not saying that they knew anything about what was going on, but you see how far this thing reaches. Well, you know, you can't say they were involved. And you know I'm not gonna now, say that. I can't that. say they were involved. Uh, I'm right. not gonna say they were involved. But, but, I'm just but, saying that it team. started. It started out as a good charitable organization, with 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 a good purpose. You know, and one bad apple don't spoil the whole bunch. But you know the bots got old. the same way. The bots got the same way. You know, we right. have guys true. that that, that petrify infiltrate anything, anything. That's true. Yeah, we're right about that. Let's take a quick break, man. When we come back, we got to get into the NFL Week 10 key matchups. Chris, you going to stick around with us for the rest of the program? Yeah, I'll stick around. We're going to give our mid midseason keep, award, too. That's right. Today, Week I want to add your In our midseason awards, you listen to the RF Sports Radio show Sports Talk from a Fan's Perspective. All. From Man, Smoke in the City, Smoke available the now. City. Album features Blowfly, Mayhem, Man, Kimfo, Jack, and, Jack. and the Grit Boys with many, many other. Also features production from Super Producer, game, none other than Big Chris. Chris. Big available Chris. now at all of your favorite online retailers. iTunes, Amazon, Napster, Rhapsody, 7 Digital, E-Music, and every other major online retailer that you can think of. Don't wait, go pick up Smoke in the City now. It's Blazing! I got up this morning late again, rushing, trying to get to the station. Didn't have time to fix coffee or breakfast or even grab a lunch. And I jumped in my car and realized, ah, I don't even have gas. I stopped by the Texaco in DeSoto on Hampton and Pleasant Run, walked in, and immediately thought, this can't be a gas station. And I was right. It was Maryland's Fine Foods. The the friendly staff there was able to give me a fresh-made breakfast from scratch, also a gourmet box lunch, and not to mention a tank of gas, too. I got to work and had an awesome day and then thought my family would love to have a break from fast food. So I went online to Maryland's Fine Foods and placed an order for my entire family. And you know what? When I got to the soda, it was hot and ready for me to pick up. On my way in. Trust me, guys, you got to try Maryland's Fine Foods, located in DeSoto at Hampton Road and Pleasant Run. Give them a call at 972 274 1070. That's 972 274 1070, or try them online at Maryland's Fine com. Two guys talking sports from a fan's perspective. I just that, like I just like what Carolina's putting together. You, I mean, their quarterback is better
0: than Chad Henne. So Cam Newton's better than Chad Henne. So would you say at the end of the season that you're willing to say Carolina is going to have a better record than uh, than uh, the Dolphins? I think so. I think that, I
1: think Carolina will have a better record than the Dolphins because the Dolphins have a tougher division in the AFC East.
0: So are we taping this. Okay. So yeah, end of the season. I want I want to go back to that one because I am not buying Cam Newton is good. But I, Cam Newton is good, but I'm I'm just I'm not buying him as a quarterback as far as leading them to the pro- the. Pro- Promised land or, or winning season. I'm not buying it. It's
1: Rocket Boy Fisher. This is the RF Sports Show. Coming at you twice a week. Only on Deep End Media Cutting, Cutting Edge, Edge Entertainment. Welcome back everyone to our program, RF Sports Radio. I'm joined by my co-host Royce Fisher and our special guest tonight, Chris. Big Chris, as you like to call him, himself. And Yo. we're gonna talk a little let's talk a little NFL action if we can. Week ten, key matchups. And before we get into that, that game in uh San Diego is final. Oakland does win twenty four to seventeen. Uh another final in college. Virginia Tech over Georgia Tech, thirty seven to twenty six, and Houston over Tulane. Get this guy, seventy three to seventeen. Wow. What a blowout. Yeah, big blowout there. And gentlemen, to the key matchups coming up in Week 10, and let's start with the Saints versus the Falcons. Saints, right now, they need to keep the ball rolling. The Falcons need to as well. Both of these guys won last week, and it's going to be a pretty good matchup between NFC South teams. And, Royce, how do you see this one going? This is a must-win game for both teams. In order to establish themselves as a contender come playoff time, uh, I, I like both of these teams, but I'm gonna give a nod to the Saints. I I, I think they bounce back and uh, show what they made of this 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 week. Yeah, the Saints right now are six and three. The Falcons are five and three. NFC South matchup, Chris. How you like this game? Well, I I would say the Saints. We'll probably uh, bring it home as far as the win. I mean, Atlanta's not going to be a, a easy battle to win, but we'll see. It should be a good game. It should be one of the better games on this week, I believe. Yeah, Yeah, I and they're, And they're at home. The Falcons are at home. And remember last year, they were so strong at home. I mean, they didn't lose any games at home until they got to the playoffs. Right now, they're 2-1 and one at home. They've lost one game there. And the Saints have a pretty bad road record. They're two and three on the road. I think somehow the Falcons pull this game off, although New Orleans is favored by one. But I think somehow they pull it off. The Saints have not been a very good road team this year. And I think the Falcons are pretty desperate for a win. And after all I think all they have to do is give the ball to Michael Turner. So I'm gonna have to give the win to the Falcons at home. Let's jump to another key matchup real fast because we do have to do our midseason awards for the NFL coming up here shortly, the Steelers versus the Bengals. And, Royce, we talked about the Bengals on Tuesday, just how right. good the Bengals really are. They're leading the AFC North at 6-2. and two. The Steelers are 6-3. and three. The uh, Ravens are 6-3 and three as well. So now we find out how good the Bengals are. They're first time playing the Steelers this season. It's going to be a home game for the Bengals. Who do you like in this game? I'm I'm going to take the Steelers in this game. I think their wide receivers are much better than the Cincinnati defensive backs with Mike Wallace and a big band of bounce back this week. I'm going to go with Pittsburgh.
0: Well, let's not uh,
1: forget now, Pittsburgh's defense lost the game last week. Yeah, right. I think their offense is better than Cincinnati's offense. Well, yeah, yeah. Now I I don't know this should be this should be probably a I don't know if it's gonna be an exciting game. It'll probably be a um inter well the last quarter'll be interesting now, I bet. But uh I don't know if the game's gonna be all that exciting during last quarter should be off the chain and, and as far as uh, going back and forth, you know, uh scores, passing back and forth as far as lead changes go. Uh I think probably Normally, I probably would say the Steelers will pull it off, but I think the Bengals are going to actually pull it off, actually. With mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback, that Pittsburgh defense, I don't think so. Yeah. so with a uh, well, Pittsburgh defense, the Pittsburgh thing defense is, that has not really lived up to the Black Curtain or the Steel Curtain in the last couple of games. I mean, let's just be honest. Where was the Steel Curtain last week? That's true. But they don't well, I think a I, I think I think the Bengals have a legitimate chance to win this game at home. The Steelers have two losses on the road, so that that's where most of the losses are coming from. The Bengals have one loss at home, and I don't think you give the Bengals defense enough credit, Royce. I think they have done a good job against the teams they played. Although they haven't played a great team, and I think okay, now they had I, I'm, I'm really the impressed. I'm really impressed with Marvin Lewis. I'm really impressed by what he's done, and I, I think I'm going to go with Chris. I think I'm going to give the Bengals the win mm-hmm. at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. I think I'm going to give the Bengals the oh, win yeah. at home. So let's go to the NFC, the NFC North. Key matchup here is the Lions versus the Bears. And the NFC North gets a chance to play each other because the Vikings take on the Packers also. But the Lions and the Bears, and Royce, who do you like in this game? The Lions, of course, out to a good start, have kind of stumbled a little bit so far. Don't have a real running game in place since they lost Javid Bess. Right. But they have a chance to get back on the road. They're 6-2, Bears are 5-3. and three. You saw the Bears beat up on the Eagles in Monday Night Football. Bears at home, who do you like this game? Um, uh, the Bears showed me some last week. They learned how to block for Jay Cutler. You give Jay Cutler time, he can really beat Jeff. And with Matt mm-hmm. Forte running the ball, one of the best running backs in the league. I I gotta get a nod to the Bears. The Birds. Now Chris now Chris, before you make your pick, you must know that the Bears the Lions have not lost a game on the road. They're undefeated on the road. I, I I mean, that's good. Yeah, but anybody can lose on any given Sunday more so. I would say I would probably have to agree that the Bears will pull it out, uh, even though I got my best friends in Detroit. You know what I mean? I, I think Detroit is probably a better team, but I think this is kind of just going to be one of those any given Sundays. Detroit kind of has a little stumble. Maybe has one more mistake or two that ends up costing them the W end. Yeah, I think I think I'm going to go. I think I'm going to go with the Bears in this game. I like what they did Monday night. Like you said, Royce, they finally blocked for Jay Cutler. His first game in 30 games where he wasn't sacked, and I think they carry that on against the Lions and their defensive front that the Lions have. And I think they pull out a win. You know, especially a win at home, a win that they need to see if they can have any chance of making the playoffs. They have to win this game and give them a chance for a wild card. So I'm going with the Bears to win this game. In an NFC matchup between two first-place teams, believe it or not, and that's the Giants taking on the 49ers. The Giants are 6-2, 49ers are 7-1, and one, the 49ers are 3-1 and one at home. The Giants are 3-1 and one away. Pretty even matchup, I would say. So who wins this game? Again, the Cowboys, I must mention that, the only team to beat the 49ers. So can the Giants do the same thing? Uh, well, what I does it want to
0: do with anything
1: as far as the Cowboys right. beating the 49ers? What does that have to <laughs> right. do with anything? That has to do with nothing, <laughs> nothing. It has to <laughs> everything <laughs> to do with it. No, he, he, <laughs> he just wanted to throw that out there, Chris, you know, because the Cowboys ain't won before. before. Right. But anyway, I I, I like this 49 niner team. I, I think they're playing great. But I, I think people underestimate this New York Giants team. The Eli Manning has been a quiet beast this year. And the way they've been playing, I, I like the 49ers, but I'm going to pick the Giants. Mm. Chris, what are you liking this game? Uh, as much as it pains me to say it, I think I'm going to have to go with the Giants, man. I mean, their defense, they defense is too strong, man. That front line is just, you know, I, I can't awesome. say enough about it, man. That front line is off awesome. They do have a good front line, but for the sake of the Cowboys having a chance to win an NFC, East, I'm going to take the 49ers to 49ers, win. Right. <laughs> I'm going to take the 49ers to win at home in that game.
0: You and hope Chris the 49ers win.
1: win. Absolutely, I hope the 49ers <laughs> win. A game that's pretty close to your heart, Chris, is the Patriots taking on the Jets in a rematch of an earlier game this season the Patriots did win. This time the Jets are at home, which they're undefeated at home this season, and the Patriots. Two of the three losses that they have have come on the road. So, Chris, I want to ask you first: Do the Patriots ride the ship? Do they beat the Jets? What's going to happen? Yeah, I think we get the Jets. I think we get the Jets. I mean, the Jets are familiar territory; it's not unfamiliar territory. We know how to win against them, basically, and I think we'll just apply where we know and how to win and pull it out. I think the wow. Jets are a different team than, 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 than played the Patriots earlier this season. I think the Jets are win this game. I think the defense is playing better. I think they figured out with Sanchez what He's ready to do this season, what he's not ready to do. I think they finally started using Plexico Burris in the red zone like they need to. And I think the Jets will win this game pretty easily. Honestly, I think it might it might not be an offensive shootout that the Patriots have been involved in as of late, but I think the Jets win this game. Well, you, you're wow. not going to vote for the Patriots anyway, so I already know who you're <laughs> going to pick anyway. It doesn't matter who you're playing. What so you like in this game? Well, I, I think uh, the New England Patriots have been exposed I think it's a chink in their armor, and that's the offensive line. If they can't protect Brady, there's no way in the world they will win. But I think Ryan comes after Brady on every down. They're going to miss They're going to do every defense package they have. I'm going to give a slight, slight, just a very slight margin to the Jets. Three points. Hmm. So the two for the Jets and one for the Patriots, and, good thing is we all get to watch that game together. It's a Sunday night game. That's right. And we'll That's be all right. watching the game together to see who is going to pull out the win. Last game we go to is the game with you. I love that game. game. It's the, last
0: everybody,
1: game
0: doesn't
1: know, um, everybody doesn't know that I, the last game that I watched with Rodney on the Patriots is the game that we had the undefeated season and went to the Super Bowl after we were called cheaters the whole season and whooped everybody up to the Super Bowl and lost the game in the Super Bowl against the Giants. That that's the last game that I watched with Rodney with the Patriots. He's bad luck watching them get the Patriots. You watch it at home, or I'll go watch it somewhere else and with it and I'll test you. But <laughs> well, you know what? It doesn't matter how you start, Chris is how you finish. So they didn't finish right. Whether you like it or not. That's all it is. Let's jump to the last game we need to talk about a key matchup, and that's the Cowboys versus the Bills. A lot of backstories for this game. Number one, the Bills have kind of made their way as a a good NFL team that kind of went from worst to first, I guess, in a lot of cases. And part of that reason, Royce, is a guy that you like, and that's Chan Gailey. And Chan Gailey gets a chance to return. A coach against a team that he has coached for for quite some time, not just as a head coach, but as part of the coaching staff as well. How you see this game going, Royce, and do you think Chan Gailey is one of those good coaches that the Cowboys may let go? Yes, absolutely. Three reasons why the Cowboys are not going to win. Fitzpatrick is going to have a field day on your weak defensive backs. Fred Jackson, and the Cowboys cannot stop the running game. We saw that, but... Philadelphia. Fred Jackson is the best running back in the league right now. And Chan Gailey gets revenge on Jerry Jones. I'm going to mm. go with Buffalo. Chris, what do you think about this one? Are you seriously asking me this? <laughs> yeah. No, tell the words you want the Cowboys to win, please. What? I'm not a Cowboys fan. Let the word, let it be known. Today, 11-10-11, <laughs> uh, I'm not a Cowboys man. no. I, I like Jerry, but as far as the rest of them jokers, no. I ain't trying to coach. hear Cowboys lose, man. Wrong coach. But, going. Cowboys, I'm, going I'm going with the Cowboys to win this game. Tell us why. I, I go for them to improve five and four. Re- reason why is for one reason, okay, because Jason Garrett hopefully – has learned, and and you can tell from the oh, last man. couple of games he has learned he has learned that he cannot rely on Romo to do anything, and we can tell because he finally has a running back that can run the football. He's got the best three game total for yards than anybody's ever put together in a Cowboy year. Yeah, he hasn't right. played yeah, right. right. oh, anybody. Yeah, him, he hasn't right. played right. anybody. That's Let me finish in three games. In in three games, he has rushed for 539 yards. Fred Jackson, as good as he's been this season, has played in eight games, and he's rushed for 803 yards. He's got half a thousand in three games, and they will run the ball. They will keep the ball out of Romo's hands only to do what he can do, and I think as long as they stick to that and the defense plays up to that level that they can play at, they can win this game. Okay, hey, even though he's running for that night. not waste a bunch of words on the Cowboys. I mean, there's right. really no point. You're talking about a team that's 5-4. and four, They're not really going to be in contention for a ring. So that's just, that's they just what is the that's, that's, They are very much in contention. They are in that's, contention that's, that's, of winning the NFC. Four four. They're 4-4. They're 4-4. But let me, but let me right. say this. Let me say this about the Cowboys. He might have ran for 500 yards in three games. But they have not won three games. So it doesn't matter right. what he does. It, it it it's eleven man roster, I my understanding is. One man what you is not gonna realize do that. is they have so many uh so many in uh uh what's the word I can use, uh uh so many monsters on their team, you know, that, that basically, you know, one effort, one individual effort doesn't matter how many yards he gets. But Dez right. Bryant could have two, three hundred yards receiving. And they could still, still not, win. not win the game because they so, they're so uh, just, you know, munson that it, it, a simple mistake, you know, things like you could have him, you could have your running back with 200 yards, you could have your receivers with 150 yards across, you know, two, three receivers, and they could still it's have Tony it. Romo have, you know, so, two, three mistakes that end up costing them the game. Now we're talking about Absolutely. Buffalo. This ain't somebody that's gonna sit back and not capitalize off of no turnover or something well, that right. goes in that direction. I mean let's just be honest. Okay, let me let me say this about Buffalo. Change done a good job. I'm still not sold that the Buffalo Bills are a premier team in the NFL. I mean they're they're five yeah. and three. You know they're, they're five and three. But... Neither are the cowboys. Neither well, I mean. the cowboys. The Cowboys I, I think the Cowboys are better team than the Buffalo Bills. Period. Uh, four, how four, how I do reckon, you hear that? How do you, you the say four that? For they what? They're a better team than the Buffalo Bills. I mean, their the record don't work. reflect it. Now, now whether, they, they
0: they play, play. The,
1: whether they play, whether they better than the Buffalo Bills remains to be seen. There's, but right, I think there's they nobody that agrees with the you that their level of play is better than the Buffalo Bills. Right, their record don't reflect it. <laughs> no, it's God, their no it doesn't. That level of play is not better than the Buffalo Bills. Come on, you need to tell me who Romo's level of play is up with that quarterback, and their level of play as far as defensively is up with the Buffalo Bills, the same team that happened to get over on the Patriots. I believe so. I believe you y'all. Oh, come, come on, on, man! Now, the Cowboys had a chance to beat okay. the Patriots if it wasn't for to pass out your awards? This is gonna same be a lot of talk. We're talking about this all night. They did. Let's, let's move just, on. And let's and, and you're right. And let's go ahead and move <laughs> on. Let's get to our NFL mid awards. We got about ten minutes left in the program. We're still taking your call. Three two three nine two seven two nine oh six. Our mid season NFL awards. Let's start with the biggest award of all and best quarterback so far in the midseason. My best quarterback award God goes right. to Aaron God Rodgers. Right. I Aaron goes to Aaron Rodgers. The way he's really orchestrated this team, I've seen him use his feet. I've seen him use his arm. I've seen him make some throws that I don't think I've seen anyone make before. I've seen him hit every receiver on the roster at times. My best quarterback award goes to Aaron Rodgers. I got to agree with that. That's who I picked, Aaron Rodgers. So far, he's he's the best in the league right now. Put him on any team. Hey, Chris. Chris and your best your best quarterback is gonna be Tom Brady. Are you serious? Tom Brady. Are you serious right now? Yeah, let me let me say this right quick. Let me say this right <laughs> quick. Now, no, Aaron Rodgers I, that, Aaron Rodgers, that, that, man, I just wanna hear your level of excitement go up. <laughs> I I'm, I'm, I'm gonna tell you why it's Aaron Rodgers. Twenty four TDs and three interceptions. Mm-hmm. Nobody has done right. better than that I, football. I, I, I've watched the football just like everybody else has all during the weeks, man. I, I agree with you, Aaron Rodgers. I ain't got no argument with that. Okay. I see. You're vote Aaron Rodgers, the best QB. Let's jump to best running back. And so far, Royce, who is the best running back you've seen in our mid-season awards? I, I, I got a tie right between the two guys. And, and and reason why it's a tie because both of these guys are on my fantasy team. Dred Jackson and Matt Forte. I'll tell you, those two, I have a tie. They both are leading the league, so I, I got a tie on that one. My best running back so far this midseason is Matt Forte. I mean, the okay. what he's done running the ball, what he's done catching the ball as well, yards from scrimmage. I have to go with Matt Forte right now. Forte has 805 yards, two TDs, 148 carries. I mean, the right. guy gets the ball a lot, and he does a lot with it. If I had to pick someone to go second in that particular one, I mean, you could definitely say Fred Jackson. He's had a, you know, good season. But, you know, I wish they would have played DeMarco Murray first, because he might have been my number one choice. The I don't want he to hear that. About. Go on. <laughs> he might have been my number one choice. Chris, Chris, who is your best running back so far? Danny Woodhead. Alright, moving, moving, moving on. Moving on. Let's move on. <laughs> best, best, wide <laughs> best wide receiver. receiver best wide receiver that you've seen so far in the NFL Royals. Who do you give the mid award to? I give the mid award for best wide receiver to Calvin Johnson. He has made some mm. even though even though the last couple of good. games he's kinda of, he's kinda of disappeared the last couple of games. The guy When he hits the field, he's he's a threat. I mean, who can jump higher than he can? Who can make the acrobatic catch? I got to give it to Kevin Jones. That's a good pick. Chris, who's the best wide receiver you've seen? Wes Welker. (laughs) Yeah, Wes Welker. Uh, I knew that. (laughs) I knew that. (laughs) My, My wide receiver award goes to Steve Smith for the Carolina Panthers. I mean... Forty-six receptions, nine hundred and eighteen yards, four TDs. I mean, the guy has had a resurgence with a rookie quarterback. That's pretty they, good. They, I mean,
0: they has got eleven
1: touchdowns, and he's on four of them to Steve Smith. Steve Smith has been playing like a beast this season. Really one a real though. And my second one would have to be Victor Cruz. I put him even above Calvin Johnson. Calvin you Johnson you Cavaj Johnson should be jumping over three or four players at a time to grab the ball. I mean, the guy's Megatron, but Victor right. Cruz has kind of come on of late for the Giants, and he's really had a good season I think so far. But he only catches maybe three or four passes a game. Kevin Johnson is the main receiver with Detroit, so I got an argument for that. But Victor Cruz is on my fantasy team. Yeah, right, he's had a good, good season. On, let's move on. Right. All right. Let's move on. Best rookie, midseason yes, award for I'll the best it. rookie. Do we have to discuss this hands down? Everybody agree? Cam Newton. You say Cam Newton? Okay, well, you, but you just brought up record to me when I put up Steve Smith. What about Andy Cam, Dalton? Andy Dalton okay, got Cam, his team first and AFC North. I mean, they're, they're, they're 60 Okay, let's too. look at numbers. Let's look at numbers. Cam Newton averages 300 yards, 290 yards a game. He's made over 60% of his passes. Andy Dalton can't compete with that. Well, Dalton has passed for uh, 1,696 yards, 12 TDs, and he's got his team with a 6-2 record. I mean, if you're looking at rookie QBs, he's got the better record. You want your rookie QB to win. He has win. a better team. He has a better team. We're talking about best rookie. He has a better team. Who has the most impact? Cam Newton. Right. Well, absolutely. I mean, can't, I mean, that team didn't have but two wins our season last year, so you can definitely say he's had a bigger impact. You know, I, now, now don't get me wrong. I think Cam is the best rookie that we've seen so far in the league. I, I agree with that. But if you're looking at quarterbacks and leading their teams to a great record, you cannot discount what Andy Dalton has done as a rookie QB. It, it, they have a better team right now. But, I'm, I'm, but I'm, this is good. not a discussion about, you know, kind of, uh putting both comparing both against each other. You basically right. saying who's gonna take the top prize, who would you give the who would you give the key to the city to? Well my best rookie 1A, one A, one one A and one B is Cam Newton one A, Andy Dalton one B. <laughs> I think oh. both of these guys are played great. Honestly. I think both of them are played okay. lights out.
0: Lights okay, out so okay. sudden, what,
1: sudden, sudden the sudden whole playoff Who wins? I say Cam wins. I mean Cam's got more physical talent, more more natural ability than I think Andy Down has. Yeah. Right. I okay. think so. And if I had to look at the defensive rookie of the year, I'm going with Patrick Peterson and uh at the, with their with the Arizona Cardinals. The guys already run back two touchdowns as it is. Okay. Who total total what is the best total defense when our mid season defense from mid season awards, fellas? This is a surprise pick for y'all. I'm going with San Francisco. They have really turned. They went from no defense to one of the top five defenses. I'm going with San Francisco. That's, that's not a bad pick. That's not a bad pick. Chris, best defense you've seen so far in the NFL midseason? it's uh, hard for me to really pick one. Defenses have been really shaky. I probably would say in my years of watching football, this is probably one of the worst years for defenses that I've seen. I mean, I, I, I wouldn't normally say probably like maybe the Ravens, but I haven't really seen, you know, Reed and a lot of those guys make normal plays. Seen seen Palomalu, you know, kind of mess up a few games and whatnot. So, I, I don't know. I don't really – nobody's defense really excites me this year. If you go back to earlier in the season when we talked, I said this is going to be the year of the offense. I've been looking at offense because offense has been winning the game because mm-hmm. can't can't compare. You know, whoever's getting right. the ball last in the end with the game on the line, Two minutes left. Right, Right. Yeah, defense is trying to try not to lose the game, basically, but it's going to go down to the offense. I haven't been looking at defense too much this year. I would, hey, say, I would have to say best defense I've seen this year, Royce, I think you're right. I think you're what you said, the 49ers. I mean, to be 7-1, that team, the way they played last season, they, I mean, they've won games with defense. You saw what they did with Ted again when he ran – uh, they kick back to win a game. You've seen the defense right. making decisions and win games. I mean, right. they've kept their team in it. I mean, they've been able to run the ball and and win games running the ball. And they'll do that. You have to have a good defense, and that and that's what they've really done. So I, I do agree with you on that. I think definitely forty nines are the biggest surprise. Now you can look at the usual suspects, the Ravens. I mean, you can right. look at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Jets, Pittsburgh. You can look at all those as well too. Let's jump real quick to the best offense that we've seen mid-season. Before we get to our last mid-season war with the best coach, but so what's the best total offense you've seen this season, Royce? I got to say, Green Bay, undefeated. Yeah. Got to be the best. Yeah, yeah. I would agree with that. I think Green Bay's the best hmm. offense that we've seen. Anytime you can hit every receiver on the roster, I mean, you got a pretty right. good offense. Without a running game. Right. Chris, who's the best offense you've seen? New England Patriots. Oh, All man. right, moving on, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> best coach, <laughs> last, last award of the night. Best coach, Roy. who so you giving it to? Hey, well, right, the best offense ain't the Cowboys, Say that much. Oh, well, we know that. Okay. For me, best coach is another tie. I, I, I got to split, split this, one, and I'm going to go with Chan Gailey. For what he's done with Buffalo, uh, no team, and Jim Harbaugh of San Francisco, so I got a tie. Well, I got a tie as well, and one of them is Jim Harbaugh for San Francisco, what he's done. But my other one goes to Marvin Lewis. I mean, the average team six That's and good. two, with a rookie quarterback, a rookie wide receiver. You lose Carson Palmer, you lose To, you lose Ocho Cinco, you lose Cedric Benson to, sus- to suspension and going to jail. And you got this team six and two on top of the one of the toughest divisions in football, the AFC North. I have to give Marvin Lewis some love on that. Okay. I gotta so give Marvin Lewis some love on that. Yeah, yeah, it's a time. That it's a time. Then Chris, go ahead and amuse us. Who's the best coach in the NFL midseason? Bill Belichick, baby. Uh, oh no, you can't just, be serious. <laughs> Patriot fans around the world are rejoicing every time that Chris is on the radio show. But That's been our show right. for the night, guys. We thank everyone for tuning in. Make sure you tune in this Saturday, live at 10, well, 11 a.m. We yeah, tune in tomorrow, I'm sorry. Tune in tomorrow, Friday night, 645 Friday Night Football tailgate, which will be live on our website, com. You find the you can see that here the DeSoto Eagles take on AM Consolidated in a Texas high school playoff game. They kicks off at six forty five. And then Saturday, our live show with Deep in Media kicks off. Check our website for details about that. Usually starts about eleven A.M. but may start at ten A.M. But we'll let you guys know. Follow us on Twitter, Twitter.com slash RF Sports Radio and follow Chris on Twitter at Twitter dot com slash test drive America. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in, and we'll see you guys this weekend, tomorrow, and beyond. Until then, God bless you and good night. Go Pacers. Two guys talking sports from a fan's perspective. I just they, like I just like what Carolina's putting
0: together. You, I mean, their quarterback is better than Chad Henne. So Cam Newton, is better than Chad Henne. So would you say at the end of the season that you're willing to say Carolina is going to have a better record than uh, than uh, the Dolphins? I
1: think so. I think that, I think Carolina will have a better record than the Dolphins because the Dolphins have a
0: tougher division in the AFC East. So we taping this. Okay, so yeah, end of the season. I want I want to go back to that one because I'm not buying Cam Newton is good. Uh, Cam Newton is good, but I'm I'm just I'm not buying him as a quarterback as far as leading them to the pro- the. Pro- Promised land or winning season, I'm not buying
1: it. It's Rocket Boy Fisher. This is the RF Sports Show. Coming at you twice a week. Only on
0: Deep End Media,
1: Cutting Edge Entertainment.
0: It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper?